Good morning, I'm Dave Lakin, and this is the Action Hour. In the studio this morning, I have Dr. Renee Collins-Williams of the Valley Conservatory. Good morning, Dr. Renee. Well, good morning, Dave. How are we doing today? It's rainy outside. I know. This is a great place to be a New Englander. Yes. Like me. Like you. <laughs> well, you know, I'm from the Mile High City, so we don't quite get the rain, but we do have the altitude. Yeah. Yeah, not much of that here. Um, so you are from the Valley Conservatory. So um, let's start out with about Dr. Renee. So tell, uh, who are you? Where are you from? How'd you get there? Well, I think I have a pretty unique story. I was originally born in Mississippi, and then we moved to Denver when I was uh, a baby. My mom and dad were very involved in the uh, civil rights movement. Actually, my father was the first person to run for public office in the state of Mississippi of color since Reconstruction. And so um, they were heavily involved, both my parents, and they lost their jobs in the early 60s. So that's what uh, got us to Denver. My mom um, had gone out to Denver during the 50s, and she had never seen black people live so well. And uh, she said, well, you know, if I ever get an opportunity to move to Denver, that's what I'm going to do. And lo and behold, she didn't know that would happen a few years later. During the 60s, um, my mom and dad, like I mentioned, they were teachers, they were educators, and they had lost their jobs. And so um, after just really trying to make it and they realized they couldn't, my mom told my father, she said, it's time to go west. And he said, okay. And so he uh, packed up the car and uh, drove out to Colorado. And then uh, he wasn't able to find a job right away. And so he called my mom, he's real discouraged, and she told him, she said, well, you know, why don't you try calling the church? You know, and here, being in the South, you know, Bible Belt, you know, we really believe in that. And so he did, and um, the minister he called uh, let him stay with him for a few weeks, and then he sent for us. Of course, I'm kind of leaving out a lot of the details, but basically that's how we got to Denver. And then uh, my father got a job, and then my mother, who was a teacher, music teacher, she got a job in Littleton, Colorado. And then later on, my father started working in Littleton, Colorado. Uh, he has a very extensive background uh, with the military and also in government uh, law and all that kind of stuff. And so he got a job um, teaching economics. And then that's what they did. At what level? Well, he taught um, on a high school level, but he also, um, a little bit about his background, he was actually a high school dropout, uh, and he was in World War II, but he was very smart, and he taught himself French. And so when he was over in, um, when he was in the Army, he became the uh, interpreter for his troops. And so th they thought that he had been to college, and he's like, no, 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 I haven't been. And so anyway, he was able to go to school in the GI Bill, and, and actually he got accepted into Yale University, but he... He didn't um, feel comfortable with that, and so he ended up going to Wilberforce, and he was a classmate of Lentine Price, and she was the one who told him about uh, Wilberforce, and so that's where he went. And so, if you can imagine this, he dropped out of high school, and then by the time he was 25, he had graduated from high school and college and was the principal of a high school. Hmm. Yeah, so he was a pretty ambitious guy. Cool. That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, how we got to Denver. Right. So how did uh, so how did you get into teaching? What's your educational background? You know, I know you have a, a list of credentials. Yeah. Well, um, 
That is, well, I've always done music. I started playing when I was four. My mother said that I just started playing one day. She's a musician, and I just started imitating what she was doing. So music wasn't an option. That was something that um, I've done all my life. And by her being a music educator herself, um, she made sure that I had the best teachers in Colorado, literally. And I didn't realize that when I was growing up. For music? Yes. So all my teachers were conservatory trained. I I took lessons from, of course, now it's called the Colorado Symphony, but at that time, the Denver Symphony. Um, those were my teachers and I took violin and, well, actually I started off with piano and then I took up violin and I did that throughout my, um, whole elementary, middle school, high school, college. Mm. A lot of kids here can identify with that, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how I got my start there with the, the education. I, what school did you go to? Well, um, my undergraduate degrees are from University of Northern Colorado, I have a performance screen piano and then a music education degree with an emphasis in strings. And so my instruments were um, violin and viola. I switched to viola my senior year in high school. And then I have a minor in harp. And then I taught public school for a while. And then um, I went back for my master's degree in um, orchestral conducting from Michigan State University. And then I got my doctorate from orchest- in orchestral conducting from Michigan State. Yikes. Yeah, it was fun though. Yeah. So yeah. uh so now you have the Valley Music Conservatory. Yes. Tell, tell us about that. Well, again that was one of something that evolved. But I'll tell you what, it, um we've been in business since 1998 and um we do a little bit of everything. We have four areas of emphasis. We are music educators, we do musicians for hire, we're a studio, in addition to, um, we hold Lyceum series and public concerts. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that much more when we come back into the next segment. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back. In the studio, we have Dr. Renee Collins-Williams of the Valley Conservatory. And uh, so we were talking about uh, the startup of your business and during the break, I asked you about your conducting performance work that, that you've uh, that you've done bef- leading up to that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Right. Well, like I mentioned, um, I have my degrees in um, music education, piano performance, uh, string education with the emphasis in violin and viola, and then conducting. So conducting is um, really where I have a lot of my performance op- um, experiences. I've conducted the... Um, Colorado Symphony. I used to be the music director of the Huntsville Youth Orchestra here in town. Um, I've conducted the uh, members of the Aspen Festival Orchestra, where I was a, a fellow um, there a few years back in the in the nineties. And then I've guest conducted several orchestras across the country. And then here, since I've been here in Huntsville, um, with our own conservatory we have uh what i call uh, the valley conservatory symphony orchestra um, which is part of our lyceum series where we have a uh, group of musicians who we pull together um and we do a season and we do anywhere from two to five six concerts a season and i conduct that and just you know a lot of local things like that talk a a little bit more in depth about the lyceum series and uh, I, i went to the early music um display that you had several weeks ago and that was that was really great i was super impressed with that right well our lyceum series actually we got that started back in uh 1999 
and the purpose was to um, provide cultural enrichment to the community and also to the schools. So what we would do is we would take an abridged version of the uh, concert into the schools to expose the students and also give them a, an opportunity to interact with the um, community. And the reason why we call it a lyceum is we take that from the Greek word meaning a, a place of learning. So our concert series is a little different from maybe some of the other concert series where ours are educational based. So we try to keep our concerts anywhere between um, 60 minutes to maybe no longer than an hour and a half. And we have interaction with the, with the uh, audience where we talk about the music. Sometimes we get them engaged with a uh, question and answer we do demonstrations we talk about the composers and then we also play so that's why we call our concert series elysium as opposed to just a regular concert because one of our goals is to educate the uh the community i was really amazed at the complexity of some of the music pieces that were performed uh, at the early music festival i mean that the music was coming from the 1300s 1400s into the 1500s and uh, it was just highly complex for what I, you know, I envision when I think about uh, that age in our history. Yeah. Well, one thing that a lot of people don't realize that if a lot of these musicians, especially in the Baroque era, if they were alive today, they'd all be jazz musicians. <laughs> and people think, oh, how do you figure that? Because all the all the figure bases is a lead chart. And what I mean by figure bases, what they did back in the day was they would write out the bass line and they put chord symbols or Actually, they weren't called chord symbols. It's called figure bass. But I'll just, for modern day terminology, I'll use chord symbols. And the um, continual part, which would be like your modern day keyboardist, uh, was expected to improvise over that. And that's exactly what they what they did. Mm -hmm. And so the parts weren't really written out. And that's exactly what happens in a jazz chart today. You'll have your bass line, you have the chorus, and then um, your rhythm section, they, they improvise over this. And that's exactly what happened back in the day. Your rhythm section was your your uh, viola da gamba or your cello, your bass, and the harpsichord. And uh, so they provided the rhythm and the quarter structure. And then you would have your soprano instruments, which could have been a, um, a violin, an oboe, a flute, or, you know, you have your melodic line. And, and so there's a lot of sim similarities to what you would see today. If you were to have a jazz ensemble, you'd have your rhythm section, which would be your guitar, your bass, your pianist. And then you would have your lead guitar, or you would have a soloist, or you'd have um trumpet player, whoever is providing that, that solo part. Yeah. When I was at your open house uh, last month, I think, um, you had a, a jazz musician there and a bassist with them, and uh, those guys were really good too. Yeah, I, I yeah. enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, they um, were were very fortunate. Um, of course, I'm I'm biased. I think we're the best in town, but we are a performing faculty as well as teachers. And so the two that you heard that day was Benny Jacobsale, who's um, he's a legend within his own right. He's a graduate of Juilliard. He uh, played with John Coltrane back in the day, if you can believe that. And and a lot of the, the big time guys. And then you have Devere Pride, who's also he plays in the symphony here. In addition to he does a lot of uh, he has his own trail, the, the Devere Pride trail. And he plays around town a lot. And so we're very fortunate that uh, both of those guys are in our studio. They teach as well as perform. Talk about some of the other uh, teachers that you have there. I know you have some very accomplished folks that have uh, you know been on tour throughout their lives. And Right. Well, you know, I'm. Um, let me think. We have Martha Browse who teaches voice. We have, uh, and her background is, 
um, well, she's a graduate of Manhattan School of Music, and uh, she's toured in Europe, and she also is an adjunct teacher at UAH, and she also runs her own private studio and, and teaches with us in the studio. And we have Terry uh, Thomas. He uh, He's a young uh, singer, and one thing that's cool about him, he's part of the group uh, Committed, you know, who the, they just won their national award not too long ago. So we have a lot of variety of different teachers. We have about 30, and so I don't want to necessarily leave anyone out because there's tons of them. Yeah. But we're very fortunate. We consider ourselves blessed. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit about more instructors and the programs you have at the conservatory, and we'll be back in a minute. House studs, it sounds like me at home. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about the uh, the um, highly credentialed instructors that you have at the school. And uh, so that the, the conservatory provides a few different functions. It uh, provides course lessons to, uh, to younger students, um, and it provides uh, an entrepreneurial outlet, so to speak, for the instructors that you work with. Um, and you also provide programs out to the public school systems, as well as all the performances that you do. Um, so let's say um, which one we want to key in on that on first in that area. Well, um, like you mentioned, I'm just going to kind of recap what you just said. Uh, we do. We have four areas of emphasis. We are a, a private music studio where we do lessons to the community, and we start as early as four, sometimes three-year-olds, all the way up through adults. Our oldest student we've ever had has been 85 years old. So you're never too old to learn. So we teach all areas, strings, piano, guitar, brass, woodwinds, percussion, um, composition, conducting. So we're very well versed in that area. And then we're also uh, musicians for hire. So we can provide any type of ensemble from a uh, bluegrass to jazz to string quartet to a full symphony orchestra. We also um, have our concert series where we have our license series, which you heard me talk about earlier. In addition to uh, the Early Music Festival, which um, we started three years ago, this is our third season with that. And that's concentrating with music of uh, the Baroque and Renaissance era. And we're real excited about that. So that kind of goes along with our um, community service of providing concerts to that. And then our last area is um, education, where we provide extracurricular and educational programs to the schools. And so we are, I won't say we're the only ones, but we're probably one of the few studios in the area who can do both. We can provide academic programs as well as um, extracurricular. With me having my doctorate and several other teachers in our studio do, and we're also music educators, meaning that we were trained to teach. A lot of people, which really sets us apart from other studios, they play violin, they play the viola, they play whatever, but they're not an educator. They, didn't, they don't have an education degree. And so that's what really sets us apart and why we're able to go into schools and um, do programs from a curriculum standpoint. Well, I mean, it really is a good size operation. I mean, you have couple hundred kids that you work with directly through the school and then plus you go out into the school system and work with lots and lots of kids uh, after you know in the after school programs and um so i mean it's it's uh, you have how many instructors do you have you know i lose count i'll just say between 30 and 35 somewhere somewhere in there and and most of them are pretty highly credentialed so i mean it's it's uh, it's not a small operation. No, um, no, it's not. We were talking about the uh, you know some of the instructors that you have, 
Um, they just want the opportunity to perform and to teach. Um, but, you know, as I, as I know from my business coaching, that uh, there's lots of people who are really good at their core function. But mm-hmm. if you if you ask them to take that core function, make a business out of it, and and wrap all the necessary business systems around it, then it becomes much more difficult and and uh, you know financially treacherous for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, that's what makes us unique. Um, we like to consider ourselves as being a hub musically for the community because we do offer such a variety, and it's all under one roof. So, like let's say one of our teachers, they may do private lessons. Then they may turn around and do a gig. Then they may turn around and do one of our performances on our Lyceum series. And then they may be teaching out in the schools. So it provides opportunity um, to be able to exercise your, your, or maybe I should say hone your craft in lots of different ways. Because as a musician, you have to be versatile. The days of, quote unquote, just being a classical musician and playing in a symphony and being a performer and hope to make a living, I mean, that's just like a needle in a haystack. Very right. few people can do that. Right. And uh, so what kind of enrichment do you offer as a conservatory for the people who come to you and they're capable of doing the providing instruction, uh, but they also want to continue in their personal professional development? Well, I would say one of the, the key things is um, we are a studio performers and just being in an environment to where you have like-minded people. Um, very few places here in this area, uh, the teachers, uh, all your teachers are at a high performing level to where you can perform and do public concerts. And so one of the main things we provide our teachers is opportunity because it's hard to put on a program. It's hard to put on a concert. A lot of times people think it's easy, but when you think in terms of the marketing, you have to have a venue, you have to um, put your programs together. Um, just all the things that it takes to put something together. And then you're trying to practice and get ready on on top of that. That can be a bit much. So one of the things we do is we provide a performing venue for our faculty. So all they have to do is just concentrate on what they do best, which is play and or teach, depending on the situation. Right. So uh, remembering that this is a, this is a, a business show mm-hmm. uh, and that you're, you know, uh, first and foremost, probably a, a performer and uh, a musician, but uh, but you're also a business owner. So you deal with the the struggles of running and operating a business. And oh, yeah. and uh, and I've known you for a while, and I know that you have a great business mind. So in in terms of the business, who is your uh, core customer? Um, I would say a good customer for us would be anybody who um, wants private instruction. Uh, doesn't really matter the instrument. And then any school or any community organization that would like to have um, an educational program. Now, you notice I said educational program because that's what sets us apart. We're unique. We custom design our programs to meet the needs of whoever contracts us, whether it's um, economic need or a specific need as far as what they want us to to contract for. For instance, one of our schools, uh, we're doing an art program. We've done um, computers and music. We've also helped schools uh, do reading initiatives. Um, so what we do is we use music as a medium to teach any discipline. We also have a nutrition program where we've used music as a way of dealing with nutrition. So it's endless to the things that we're able to do. So our motto is, whatever it is that you want and whatever your needs are, you let us know and we'll custom design it for you. Okay. Um, in terms of uh, 
of where you want to take the conservatory what's your uh and without divulging too much i mean what's your <laughs> what's the future of valley conservatory future for us is is endless i would say um staying within our four areas just increasing the number of students that we have the opportunity to enrich through providing music instruction and then also um enriching the community as far as schools and organizations that we have the opportunity to enrich their lives through providing them programming that um, is tailored to meet their specific needs. Mm -hmm. um, so do you have any uh, success stories for for your students, people who you've, you've worked with through the years? Or? Oh yeah, we have several, several success stories. And I think our success stories are unique because not only are they from an academic performing standpoint, but also from a social standpoint. Um, one thing about music, as you know, is the universal language that brings people together. And we've had some situations where it's literally brought people together, meaning where we've had students who have met and married each other um, by being a part of our conservatory. <laughs> we've also had students who, um, well, I can tell a little story if you bear with me here. Uh, I mean, years ago, I had a piano class of four young boys. They were in middle school age. And, and uh, they came together in this class. And I told them, I said, you know, you guys don't realize it, but you're going to be, be friends for life. And years from now, when you're grown and you're married and you're in your careers and, and your kids are saying, Uncle Bob, how did you meet Uncle Joe? And you're going to say, believe it or not, in piano class. And that's exactly uh, what's happened. Uh, a lot of our students now, um, some of them are professional musicians, but most of them are doctors, lawyers, and engineers. And when I tell parents all the time, um, what you're really doing is you're training that next generation of doctors, lawyers, and engineers. Because when you're in music, it's very much a science. What people don't realize is every measure is a mathematical equation because it has to equal the time signature. So when you're have your student involved in a recital, what you're really doing is helping them with their public presentation so when it's time for them to go for that college board exam or they're a lawyer and here's their first experience in being in front of an audience and so now when they're in the courtroom they know how to present their case. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're really preparing your child for is the future. Well, um, certainly nobody dispute the, uh, the academic um, improvements that kids have once they get into a music program and get personally involved in it. So uh, I really applaud what you do. Um, we'll be back in a minute. Okay, so uh, welcome back. And uh, again, we're with Dr. Renee Collins-Williams from the Valley Conservatory. And I'm going to throw a curveball question at you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. So how can you build an analogy between what it means to be a conductor and run an orchestra and what it means to be a business owner and run a business? Okay, well, that's not too bad of a curveball. I would say, no pun intended, they both require you to orchestrate things well. And um, as a conductor, you are a leader. And you have to be aware of what all the members of your, your ensemble, your orchestra are doing at the same time. And oftentimes, just like in a business, uh, the members themselves may not necessarily know what other members are doing because they only have their part. But then it's up to you as a leader to bring everything together to create 
that wonderful piece of music. And I, oftentimes that's what's happening in a business. When you think in terms of a business, you have a office manager. You may have a public relations officer. You're going to have teachers. You're going to have students. You have your clients. You have all these people that are part of your orchestra. And then as the business owner, it's up to you to bring them together to make harmony. And so that's one of the main reasons why I think um, being a conductor really uh, lends itself very well to being an or, um, a uh, business owner because in, a con- in an orchestra you have several components. And again, they all have to work together in harmony, just like in a business. If, if not, you have discord, and we don't want that. We a lot of discord out there, though. <laughs> yeah. Not every business owner in the market is a is a good conductor. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 been um, very rewarding for me, and I've I uh, oftentimes make the analogy with my uh, students to think holistically, because actually that's what we are. We're we're a holistic um, studio, and like I mentioned earlier, we believe in teaching a total student through the medium of music. And then when you think in terms out in nature, how everything does work together. And that's what has to happen in life. You need to think in terms of looking at things from the whole and thinking from the the big picture and then working down to the detail. I always tell my students, allow your long-term goals to determine your short-term objectives and you'll make the right decision. That's great advice. We'll be back in a minute. Well, we are back for our last segment here, Dr. Collins, and it has been a pleasure talking to you for the hour. Um, I, I really, uh, I've enjoyed working with you and, and enjoyed uh, uh, reaching a little bit into the local music community and seeing uh, how, it, uh, how it moves and develops through your intervention here in Huntsville. I think that you're, you uh, have real impact in, into the music community, and um, it definitely uh, shows through the Valley Conservatory. Um, so what kind of events do you have coming up? Well, we have several things on the uh, horizon. Um, one thing we do every annually is called Christmas in the Valley. That's our gift back to the community where our, our students, our private students, perform in nursing homes and senior citizen homes, and they they perform for the, uh, for the uh, residents there, which is always a wonderful opportunity for the kids, and the residents enjoy it as well. We also have jam sessions that are coming up, our live stream series, and, and so we all oftentimes post that on our um, Facebook page and also on our website, and then, you know, in the the papers and things of that nature so uh we will be doing that and then coming up a year from now uh will be our early music festival which we always have um after labor day that either the second or third weekend in um, september so we have actually quite a few activities lined up for the rest of this um concert season um christmas in the valley is a is a, a series of performances um, it, throughout the community. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, what we do is we normally pick two or three um, nursing homes or and or senior citizen homes here in the area. And then we have several recitals that we do there. Since we do have a lot of students in our studio, uh, as a way of uh, providing opportunities for all of them, we normally do four or five concerts during the uh, the season with the Christmas in the Valley. And again, like I mentioned, it's our gift back to the community. And every year we kind of pick a new venue. We used to do, we've done Santa's Village. We've done um, the mall. We've gone to uh, Barnes & Noble. So the past couple of years we've been doing um, our Christmas in the Valley at the uh, senior citizen homes and, um, and um, uh, those centers. 
Is the Valley Conservatory the right landing pad for anybody interested in uh, in broadening their musical horizons? Of course, most definitely. Uh, like I mentioned, we teach all areas of music from, um, well, maybe I shouldn't say all, most areas of music from classical to jazz to pop to secular, um, all instruments from violin, viola, cello, bass, guitar, brass instruments, woodwinds, percussion. So anyone who has a need from just wanting general exposure to wanting to get very specific to um, planning for your college career, I definitely would recommend our studio for you. Um, uh, when I was there for your open house, uh, Drew was working with this little four-year-old girl uh, and, and just, you know, you know, helping her to, to hold the uh, violin and, and uh, and I think you were you, you ended up working with her too for a minute. Uh, it was so neat to see a young girl who could barely hold a, a violin and and actually uh, you know she was completely captivated in that for a minute. Oh yeah, well it's really rewarding to see the kids' um, faces light up when they're able to play a song. And um, like I said, I think the best gift you can give anybody, but especially your child, is the gift of music. That is something that will definitely last your lifetime. It's the only thing that when you think about it, you hear everywhere. You get in your car, what do you do? You turn on the radio. You go to the mall, what do you do? You hear music. When you go to the doctor's office, you hear music. When you are at the grocery store, you hear music. When you are running and jogging during the park, what do you do? You have your ear set on, you're listening to music. So music is everywhere you go. And so it's the best gift in the world to give your child or yourself because it's something that lasts forever. Well, so uh, quickly as we wind down, how do people get in touch with you? Well, our um, website is valleyconservatory.com, www.valleyconservatory.com. Our phone number is 256-534-3131. Again, that's 256-534-3131. Well, and uh, people can reach me at Dave Lakin at actioncoach.com and uh, actioncoach.com slash Dave Lakin. And, of course, I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, It's been great talking to you today. I really appreciate you coming out, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you very much for having me.